Let's spell a song so you can sing along with my special guest star two. You like to sing and dance, and this podcast by chance explores musicals for you. everyone, welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today is new guest to the pod, their New York City-based performer and a self-proclaimed musical theater encyclopedia. It's Jonathan Chisholm, everyone. Hi, John. Thank you for having me. Thank you, John. It's so weird. We were, before we started recording, we were bonding that, like, we basically have the same name. <laughs> we have the same. Name. Was, <laughs> but I, but I do go by Jonathan, so that will help. <laughs> it is a little weird when I say my own name to somebody else because I'm just like, mm, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, I know it's very strange. It's very, very strange. But what's not strange is today's topic, which is the 1992 classic Disney film Aladdin. Uh, it, the screenplay was by Ron Clements, John Musker, Ted Elliott, and Terry Rossio. Rossio? That's it. <laughs> yes! Uh, which I believe some of them have been on the podcast before. Ron Clements. That sounds like a fam- familiar name. Uh, music by Ellen Menken. Lyrics by Howard Ashman. Directed by Ron Clements and John Musker. And according to IMDb, a kind-hearted street urchin and a power-hungry grand vizier vie for a magic lamp that has the power to make their deepest wishes come true. Now, I'm going to argue that because that doesn't happen until about halfway through the movie. That is very true. They do vie for the hand of Jasmine. That is true, yeah. I always, that's always something that sneaks up on me is that, is that Jafar is interested in Jasmine. It just kind of seems to show up eventually. Well, so that's the, that's the thing, though, about male Disney villains, for the most part. I mean, sometimes they're female identifying villains and um, some of the males don't follow this, but like they're always queer coded. Oh, yeah. Um, and Jafar definitely is for a lot Jaf- of the film. Jafar is up there with Scar. Like, my Absolutely. God. Absolutely. But my question is, is Iago queer-coded? It's just hard for me to think of Gilbert Gottfried as queer-coded at all. (laughs) Well, so I was watching it, and they're, like, the fact that um, Iago can, I mean, I know that he's a parrot, and that he can, like, that's the idea about parrots, they mimic voices. But, like, the way that he moves when he mimics Jasmine's voice, I'm just like, you're enjoying this. You're having a little too much fun. I just get distracted by the teeth. That he has teeth inside of his be- inside of his beak. I that's missed that entirely. It's it's once you notice it, you're like, oh, he's got Gilbert Gottfried's teeth in his beak. That's hilarious. And he's a parrot. And he's a parrot. Yeah, it's it's very it's it's oh, they're a classic comedy d- duo. <laughs> the two of them, they really are. Oh my god, they they. Like everyone has an animal sidekick in this movie. I re- I it's forgot tr- that that was a true fact. <laughs> it's so true because Aladdin has a boo, and then Jasmine has oh, the tiger Raja, yeah, and then and then Jafar and then Jafar has Iago. Which one would you prefer? Oh Lord, um, 
probably Raja, just because it's a it's a big kitty. <laughs> I think I would Iago because Iago you can have a full conversation with. Like Abu does kind of speak here and there, but I'm gonna go with Iago personally. And his no, I, I don't blame you for that. He he's also you know he is quite amusing and definitely is the big comedy relief of this film up to a point. Yes. So did you rewatch this for before recording? Absolutely. Uh, where did you rewatch it? Or how did you Dis- watch it? On Disney Plus. Did you? <laughs> I applaud Disney Plus for this. Because um, before I watched it, I didn't realize that they added a little disclaimer before the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, where they say, and I quote, uh, this program includes negative depictions and or mistreatment of people or cultures. These stereotypes were wrong then and are wrong now. Rather than remove this content, we want to acknowledge its harmful impact, learn from it, and spark conversation to create a more inclusive future together. So, where's other Disney properties that hide in the vault because of that? That's my well, question. I know, I, I've noticed that same, um, that same uh, warning, I believe, like on Fantasia, because there's a couple things in Fantasia that are a little weird. Uh-huh, there's that one centaur. Yeah, although I'm not even sure if that's in the current version that's on Disney Plus, but I think they just might have put it on there just in case. Uh, I mean, I applaud them for at least, you know, I mean, in it, I mean, obviously, because I mean, even at the time, it was weird. Even at the time, I think even in the '90s, there were certain people was like, "This is a little weird. Why is the why is Jasmine like sexy? No princess has been sexy, right?" Or um... I was trying to watch The Marketplace because it seemed like The Marketplace from what I've seen in other movies where it's depicted in the Middle East, it seemed very truthful in a way. But I was trying to I was trying to wonder like which characters were the ones that were depicted. I think it's probably a lot of the like uh do you know the price for stealing chop off you know they might not like that oh that dialogue got it yeah because there used to be a lyric in arabian nights about they'll chop off your ear you know like it was a lyric and they changed that lyric it was in yeah there there's literally maybe there's audio on youtube somewhere but that disney has scrubbed that version of arabian nights from like from like existence wow yeah so it was originally a little more like Ooh, the the mysterious Middle East. So it's exotic and it's dangerous and all that sort of stuff. Because the thing I get from the marketplace more is like it feels just feels like like a it's like a flea market in New York City. It's like fresh fish. Here you go. Here you go. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's a little more universal, and yeah. like maybe maybe the depiction of Jasmine and the Sultan, like how they are, because they seemed a little more white <laughs> sure and they're voice voiced by white actors yeah which, more i mean like they, they seemed a little more like a princess uh, an english princess how's that rather than sure you know like oh, no, I, we... yeah i actually yeah i i think and i think also just to be pretty upfront upfront with everything i think disney is very good about trying to get ahead of any controversy so i think that's probably what if, you know somebody you know you know gen z or you know, younger generations be like what the heck is this you know 
I, and they're, they're like, no, we covered it. We covered it. You know, we, we gave the disclaimer beforehand. But right. Because Disney is nothing if not about the bottom line. The other the other thing, though, would probably be. And he is a hot button topic on this podcast. Robin Williams, where he he voices God rest his soul. God rest his soul. But like the the sort of narrator that he voices at the beginning. Sure. Like, so we did. I, I did Happy Feet. A while mm-hmm. ago, where Robin Williams voices a a uh, a penguin with a Hispanic accent. And, yes, I remember that. Yeah, and we were just like, "Well, hire somebody." So maybe that was also part of the disclaimer, where it's like, "We fucked up. We should have hired somebody else. We should have hired other, like a more culturally appropriate cast." Sure. And that's, and, you know, it's important to acknowledge that, but and also understand that in the period that, you know, they were, the reason that the movie even became as big as it was, was because of Robin Williams. He was the mm-hmm. star at the time. And that was his shtick. He did voices. He did all these different, and they, yes, a lot of them are politically incorrect now. And a lot of the, but at the time that's, you know, what made him a star, you know? But I, f- I feel like though, it's only that one character. Cause like the genie, it's a blue person. Right. It's yes, a blue figure. So the genie could be anyone. Uh, no, or, I agree with that. Yeah. No, I agree with that. that might, I, that's actually very astute. Yeah. I also forgot how good this movie is and how slightly feminist it is. Yeah, it was, it was right on. They were riding that bell wave from Beauty mm-hmm. and the Beast. They were it, like, we're going to make them stronger and stronger as you go along. Of course, like, I was looking at, ooh, was it, it's the Wikipedia page. They're saying that it's like the fourth film in the Disney Renaissance. So, you know, they they learned a little bit from Ariel. Right. To not make them, like, they're, make them a little more adventurous and not, like, still a little boy crazy. But then Belle isn't as boy crazy, but very adventurous. And then sure, now we have uh, Jasmine, who... You know, the, the the highlight of it is, that I want to mention is like when Jafar the Sultan and Prince Ali, a.k.a. Aladdin, are arguing over what is good for Jasmine. She's just like, hey, I'm Jasmine, bitches. I'm going to say what's good for me. Right. I am not a prize to be won. Mm-hmm. And I quoted the movie directly right there. I didn't paraphrase anything. <laughs> I'm kidding. I totally paraphrased. Um, But no, but it's true. It's absolutely true. And they, uh, and it was something that I remember. um, I mean, this movie came out the year I was born, full disclosure for anybody listening, but I have heard since then, that was a big thing. Even at the time people were like, you know, the steps above Ariel and, you know, and it was, and it balanced out, you know, Bell's kind of let, you know, they kind of gave you both the adventurous, but also the romance, which is important in these and, kind of wrote these fairy tales. And it's a rare Disney male led movie. True. That's very true. Cause like um, beforehand they had, they had Robin Hood, which they did. And I can't speak of any other movies. Cause like, I haven't really watched all of them. I'm no very, I'm ashamed of myself too. But like Aladdin and Hercules are like the two in the Disney Renaissance that are the only ones that are male led. Well, Hunchback as well. 
Oh, I forget about Hunchback. Hunchback is during their dark time, though. <laughs> the dark yeah, time Hunchback, of the Renaissance. Yeah, hun- hun- Hunchback is quite dark. But it, but no, I, I agree. And which is funny now, because I think Disney's policy now is that even if it is a female-led film, it has to be marketed in such a way that it can appeal to boys, too. But Yeah, or, you know, not be so, like, I must love so the like- prince. It's like it's why like Frozen is called Frozen and not like the Snow Queen or something like that, or why they changed uh, Tangled from Rapunzel. It was originally called Rapunzel and they named it Tangled. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah just fun fact. <laughs> you know, now that now that we're talking about it, I'm also surprised that they didn't put a song in for Jasmine, like a solo song for her. Right. Um, I can't speak I know- for the sequels. Because it's been a minute since I've seen those. I don't think she has a solo in either of those either. She has some more duets with Aladdin. But um, I think if I remember correctly, uh, because Howard Ashman, again, God rest his soul, uh, he died uh, uh, He died before the movie came out. And, uh, but he was, yeah, of AIDS-related complications. It was one of the you know, awful things at that time. But... Um, I know he was very in, in, instrumental in the creation of this movie. It was one of his like pet projects. And um, they did write a song for her for the scene when the, uh, the really like haughty, you know, Prince Ahmed comes to try to woo her in the early part of the movie. And she was supposed to sing this song called uh, uh, Call Me a Princess, where she tried, she pretended to be like the most, you know, arrogant, you know, over the top princess that ever existed to try to like, like make the suitors not want to marry her or whatever. Like really? Yeah. It's a cute little song. Um, It's, I mean, and, but when they kind of changed, they didn't like the way it made her come off, like that she was being kind of deceitful or whatever. So they changed that. What a sarcastic princess. How dare they? I know, then I know exactly. It's very, it's funny, but I, so it is, it's been one of those things. I mean, even in the musical, the musical version that's happened since then on Broadway, uh, it took them until then to really get a song that they thought worked for her. You know, I haven't seen that, nor have I seen the live action remake. Okay, so we're gonna, we're gonna talk about it because I have, I have some thoughts. Um, I have seen the Prince Ali clip, which Prince Ali, uh, well, the, I mean, this whole movie it has eight songs and they, everyone knows them all. Well, technically, yeah. technically six, because two of them are reprises. But, mm-hmm. you know, the one that probably people kind of forget about is One Jump Ahead. Because, you know, sure. we, with like friend like me, Prince Ali, a whole new world, Arabian Nights, like those are the ones that everyone remembers. And so I saw the clip of Will Smith singing Prince Ali, and I gotta say, I I know that originally he didn't want to do it because he's like he didn't want to be compared to Robin Williams, but they were like, we're gonna make it your own, and it's gonna be fine. It was okay, <laughs> as much like it they changed it enough that I'm like, I get it. You, you're trying, you, you're making him the fresh prince and everything, not like what Robin Williams did. Which is also, um, again, going back to Howard Ashman's uh, original conceit of the, um, of the character before they got Robin Williams 
they, before they signed Robin Williams to do the movie, it was written as more of a Cab Calloway, like lounge singer, you really? know, big band. That's why that song, the Friend Like Me, sounds so like, you know, bah, 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 you know, big, like big trumpets and everything. So um, but they, they made it, it more swingy, jazzy than, you know, like right. loungy. Well, and, and it's why uh, when I heard, when I, I, I did see the live action version and I didn't, I thought Will Smith was great casting. Uh, I didn't think he was, you know, I have more issues just with the whole remaking every movie that's ever existed. Which is a separate conversation for another right. time. Right, <laughs> exactly. Uh, but I thought he was fine in the role, you know? I mean, he's Will Smith, he's charming, he's charismatic, you know, it, it's, uh, and all that good stuff. So. I also just love how in both the animated and that live action, that it's that song is so colorful and... Mm-hmm. I mean, in the animated one, it's there's a lot of detail, but there's not at the same time because, like, not mm-hmm. every fa- like in the live action, you get to play with fabrics and patterns and things like that. Mm-hmm. And and in the animated one, like that takes time and money. <laughs> sure, it better be something damn specific to have a print on it. Well, exactly, and they have to also just work with the fact that in live action, you know, they can't have. I mean, they can a certain to a certain degree, but it's harder to have the genie like transforming into various things, you know, to be like different, like how Robin Williams' genie turns into different like versions. Oh my god, it's so funny! Oh, it's hilarious, and I love it. And and that also then made me question, you know, where where I was like, is this what they're what what the disclaimer was about? Like, am I the am I the problem? Is it me? Am I the villain? Well, and I, th- my whole thing about a uh, comedy, because comedy is the thing that ages the worst. It always does because what we find funny changes so quickly in, in society. It always has and always will. And I think we can acknowledge that something was funny, even if there are weird things about it now. That's if it's, especially if it's something of the past, like if it's not being like brought into the future that same way. Mm-hmm. And that makes the, any sense. The good thing about the comedy in this movie is that, yes, there it's kind of dated because of all the references that they make. But like, mm-hmm. it's more about the people that the genie portrays rather than what is the punchline of the jokes. Right, and it's also more like you know you might not know. I mean, I guess I'll, you might not know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is, but it's a funny like voice. Or you know Johnny I mean? Carson, or right. it's like, uh, or uh, or Jack Nicholson. Marks. Yeah, right. you don't. Yeah, they, there's so many people that you, if you blink, you'll miss it. But like, they do it in such a respectful way, or at least he did it in such a respectful way that it's not like too crude of a of a joke, even in 2022. Oh God, it's 2022. Fuck. <laughs> We're not so, talking about it yet. So have you have you seen the stage version though? I did. I actually saw it um, when I was here before I moved back. I moved, I was here in 2020 before, you know, pandemic. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I got, I got a rush ticket to it. And fun fact, the, the guy who voices Jafar, Jonathan Freeman, another Jonathan, because mm-hmm. we're amazing. Welcome. Uh, and uh, he voices, he voices Jafar and he's playing Jafar in the stage version on Broadway. He's I Broadway remember actor. reading about that. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he still currently is, but 
but at least back then he was. Yes. And he, um, he's, he was, I think that was like a big thing where he was like the first ever actor to do that. And so I, yeah, I did see it and it was, you know, it was very enjoyable. Um, it's, you know, it's a very good show for like families to go. It's a good first show for kids. So, I mean, I know like with their other properties, they sometimes add things. Cause like the movie's only like an hour and a half. And right. so you want, they want to pad it to like a good two, two and a half hour Broadway show. Did they add a lot to it or? Uh, yeah. Well, a lot of it was material that they wrote for the movie before they made it into the movie that it currently is. Because I know the Broadway version, they don't have any animals because that's. You can't. Right. So like a boo is cut. And instead they go back to an original conceit before Abu was created where Aladdin has these three friends that Ooh. he, and they, and they had, they get off into like fun misadventures and all that sort of stuff. Um, Iago's a person, but he has a little feather on his head so that you remember he was a bird. It's kind of cute. <laughs> um, and, but yeah. And then, you know, they do things like, I think um, friend like me, it's not also a tap number so that extends it for a good you know five minutes oh you know? we we love a good tap number yeah it, it, it is it is very it is a shit and it is one of those kind of you know razzmatazz showstoppers they really go all out with it um so it's a lot more of just you know they take them existing material and they kind of for lack of a better word pad but you know it is a little bit of padding uh, to just kind of get it up to where it needs to be. It's not, as I recall, and that was, you know, two years ago, but in pandemic time, about 50. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, sounds right. Uh, it w- but it didn't, it wasn't a super, it maybe was two hours and 15 minutes. It wasn't super, like, super long. It wasn't like one of these, like, you know, like Les Mis three hour spectaculars. Right, like, yeah. It's the next day before you get home. So, uh, but I, I remember that was the big, the biggest changes were like, just like, just logistic things like, well, we can't have animals or we don't want to have animals. Right. And they you added know. back some songs, you said. Yes, they did. They added back all, several songs um, that were written originally for the movie. Uh, there's a beautiful song that was originally the song uh, where One Jump Ahead is called Proud of Your Boy. And it, because Aladdin used to have, his mother used to still be alive in the, in the, um, in the movie, but in an earlier version. And this song, and this was his I want song, because every character usually has like some kind of I want song. It's basically where the reprise of One Jump Ahead, that, that nice, beautiful, like, ballad version. One, yeah. yeah. And that's where they put it in the stage version. Instead of him doing a reprise of One Jump Ahead in a more melodic style, they, they have him sing to his dead mom. I hope you'd be proud of me one day. So it's really Aww, it's a, that's so sweet. And yeah, it's a beautiful song. I haven't listened to the cat a cast album of that because I don't know. I think I think I'm a little too precious with Aladdin when it comes to like, you know, my childhood and everything. Usually Oh sure. Which is interesting because very rarely on this podcast the tables have turned where like, you know, I have people who come on and they're like, This was my childhood movie. Aladdin was one of my childhood movies you know like um we had this and Little Mermaid and uh, Beauty and the Beast so like I'm pretty sure this was the one of the first Disney movies I ever saw and then I found I got a real like attachment to it then like when I got older and realized it came out on my birthday years I was like this is my movie they made this for me (laughs) they did 
They did, Jonathan. Yeah, yeah they did. Um, so I've always had a very strong attachment to it. And it's one that I can, I can literally rewatch, you know, all the, not all the time, but like if I, well, I ever yeah. need like a, a nice little like pick me up, you know, especially just, it just kind of, and it reminds me of Robin Williams, who still, I still can't believe that he's gone to, you know, to this day, even it's weird. And um, it's one of those things where I just, you know, it it wraps you and like a good, like the good Disney movies do, it wraps you in kind of this just wonderful nostalgia blanket that just makes you. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, especially like, you know, over, well, I say over the pandemic as if it's over, but you know what I mean? The, Uh, the, the brunt of it, the big big part of it. the, the The real bad part of the pandemic. Um, I can't stop saying pandemic because I watched Nicole Byers comic special. So that's what she calls it. <laughs> same, same. Uh, the pandemic, the panorama. Oh, oh, I know. It's crazy. But so it's one, it's always been one that it's very, you know, special to me. And also because it's a great balance of this kind of like very, very funny, but also, you know, the, like the best Disney movies has such a heart to it in the, in, in the end about what it's, you know, trying to do about friendship and, and love and family, which is, you know, we all could use more of that in this world. God knows. So also on the Disney plus version, I noticed that they took out the controversial take off your clothes moment. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about this. Um, <laughs> he does it. He never actually said that. He just, well, yeah, they, but like whatever he whispered, they took it out. They I did was because, waiting for it and I didn't get it. And I was like, oh, I'm not satiated. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and I, I understand why they would do that. Cause that's been a pain in their neck for like probably forever. For the past 30 Since, years. Yeah, really. And oh my God, this same. movie's 30. I this know. year. Yeah. That makes sense. Hot up because that would make sense because i'm turning 30 in may so yeah that would, yeah so oh my god this movie's 30 years old uh i love it i know <laughs> I, it's great but yeah exactly what's well, they've had the same problem with like i think in little mermaid the build the underwater kingdom looked like you know dildos or something and uh, on the vhs co- on the vhs on the posters, yeah or right. there was there was also the the priest during the wedding that quote-unquote had a boner that they cut out right. in Lion King when he lays down in the dust, it spells out sex. Right. Uh, you know, they had all these little things that you can find them on the internet. Have you ever heard of the show Twisted? It's by Star Kid, Team Star Kid. I have. I've watched the- uh, a good portion of it. So, for those of you who don't know, I believe it's actually called, is it called Twisted? Yeah, Twisted. Uh-huh. It is basically the wicked of this movie where they focus on Jafar. They make him more of a sympathetic character uh, and they make Aladdin like a caricature evil villain person. It's like a fuck uh, boy. Total fuck boy. But like he all but twirls his mustache <laughs> as a villain. But in that one, they have a song called take off your clothes because of this moment. But also I was watching it and I, at one point I want to say it was Jasmine calls him twisted. And I was like, Oh my God, that's where they got the movie from the, the, the title from and everything. So twisted. Yeah. So, Mm. Oh my God. Uh, 
that's the slate that when she's like the slave Jasmine, right? When she gets even sexier for like a few minutes because they wanted to draw her even more sexy. Did you get like Princess Leia slave like vibes from that? Oh, absolutely. And I'm sure that that was inspired. I mean, because that's they're the they act the the animators at that time would have been the right age. Yeah. To have been inspired by that. Because I I don't know why all of a sudden, you know, after 30 years of seeing this movie, I'm just all of a sudden like, oh, my God, Princess Leia. So. Right. And it's always that is the part of the movie where it is always jarring to me just how, especially now at almost 30 years old, I'm like, wow, she is. I mean, not in a I mean, in a weird way, she's a very sexualized character and a little bit like she's they're very horny for her, clearly. Well, after Ariel, she's, I think, the only one that shows midriff. Right. And, really? I mean, and even, and e- I mean, even like some cleavage too. I mean, like, it's like, it's subtle, mm. but it's there. It's uh, like all the Jasmine costumes. It's all about the boobies. It's true. It is the, very true. The eyes go to the boobies. Yeah, my um, eyes are up here. My eyes are up here. <laughs> and also while, wa- while rewatching this after watching it for 30 years, uh, I don't know. You keep saying that, aren't you? Because I'm, I'm older. I'm a little older than you. So I, I'm 30 <laughs> and I, I'm, I'm, I'm 30 something and I love it. I don't know how old I'll be when this episode comes out, but um, I just didn't understand why Aladdin, I don't understand the wishes by the, that happened. Cause like, we know Aladdin tricks the genie for, with the mm-hmm. first one, so that that that's a null wish. Well, I feel sheepish, right? And then he wishes to be Ali, but then I don't understand how the second wish is to save him from drowning because he never says "I wish." It's funny you say that, John, because on the audio commentary for this movie, which I also watched my DVD of it as well, which has the audio commentary on it. Oh, you're they, so ready. You're more ready than I am. I used to watch that audio commentary all the time. It's actually really, they're really funny because there's two. There's the directors and then there's the animators and they're both hilarious. So if you can ever track, track it down, they, they're just 90 minutes of them just being like, yeah, we know this is a plot hole, but we had to get there. You know what I mean? It's just like- right. And that's the thing about that. They're like, look, we, 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 we needed this moment. We needed him to only have one wish left. So we just did it. It's like. But I, to my understanding, to the rules of genies and gins and uh, any per, like, type of char- uh, mythological character that this is, you have to fulfill your part of the bargain. So Aladdin had three wishes. So he was the rightful master ergo Jafar like my brain started spinning for a kid's movie oh sure that I've watched for the past 30 years I think the easiest way to just think of at least the rules in in this version of genies is that you know three wishes that's it three uno dos tres no substitutions exchanges or refunds um and if you have and whoever has the lamp makes is the it owns the genie at that point oh that makes sense that wasn't meant that wasn't specifically said so i didn't know right i think that's the only way to make it make sense and and because especially because uh then like iago was like stealing the lamp like like when they when they find out ali is when they when they put it together 
that Ali is Aladdin, which, you know, took them too long, frankly. Um, and I know it's magic. I get it. But it's, it's one of those, it's, it's, it's like, it's the same guy. It's just, it's, I mean, it's even Ali. It's not that wait far a, off from Aladdin. Wait a second. Do you think, though, that the genie put some, like, some magic on his face to make him look different to everyone else but us, the audience? I just literally thought of that, you know, like where he's wearing different clothes or is it just the Superman complex? I think, I think it's a little, honestly, if you really break it down because it does start to fall apart a little bit because Jasmine then realizes who he is after they do the flying, the magic carpet. She's like, I knew it was you, but then he has to keep lying more to, you know, so there is the like whole like weird, like, is there, is there like, like what you're saying, like a glamour spell where there's like, oh no, he looks like a different person like to other people. Or is it just the clothes? And I think it depends, like I said, and I think if I remember correctly, it's like, this just depends on what we need in the moment. <laughs> cause, it, cause they, uh, she knew it was him when he did the whole, do you trust me? Right. And uh, then the apple thing with the elbow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh my God. There's, this movie is so good and it is it's such a good movie and, and the music's the music is just some of the best music that that disney's ever produced Ooh, ooh! i'm gonna strongly disagree however i'm gonna build on it and say like it's part of the it's the the renaissance is like the best music they've done okay i can concede that because like we have like come on part of your world no, Part of Your World is a great, is, is probably their best I Want song they ever wrote. And um, um, uh, The Circle of Life, which I know is more an Elton John song than maybe a Disney song, but still. No, I mean, it's a, that's a great song. And, um, and you know, and it, you know, it, and it, and it works in the, in the, absolutely. I'm not the, this is my hot take that might get me canceled. I don't know. I'm not a huge Lion King fan personally. But that's just me. Okay, how do I end the meeting? Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. That's fine. I mean, but I like, acknowledge how good it is. It's just not for me. Okay, and but like Aladdin is such it's such a great contender in the pantheon of the uh, the Renaissance moment. They were definitely riding high off of the Beauty and the Beast Oscar nomination. They really were. I read though that. Uh, because Robin Williams improvised most of his lines, they could not be um, nominated for uh, the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay. I wouldn't be surprised at that. Um, Because I know he, he, they they were particularly in um, the peddler scene at the beginning, that was all improvised. Oh my God, you can tell that that was all improvised, except for um, like when he gets into the story. Right, yeah. Combination hookah and coffee maker also makes Julian fries. Uh, <laughs> not break. It broke. It broke. Anyway, uh. Uh, the one that I didn't get for the longest time as a uh, until I was like, I, till I was actually way too old to be like saying I don't understand this was the, uh, ooh, what is this? I've never seen one of these intact before. This is the famous Dead Sea Tupperware. Listen, <laughs> ah, still good. I was like. Oh, and then late in certain, I don't know when I learned what Tupperware was. And I was like, oh, like Dead Sea Scrolls Tupperware. Got it. <laughs> it's a very deep cut reference, but it's funny. I think I just got it. <laughs> well, there you go. I'm glad I could help. Thank um, you for helping. 
But like the other thing too is just like, was it me or was it this rewatch? But like, could you understand what Jafar's plans were? Because it seems like it took too long for his uh, us to understand what exactly he wanted. Yeah, I can see that. I also think that Jafar, like the best Disney villains, is his plan is not complicated. It's just I want to rule. Well, yes, 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 I want to rule, but like you know, we first meet him wanting something from the Cave of Wonders, and right. That poor person whose name I don't know perished, but like he never like he doesn't say that until about halfway through the movie where or Iago does I think is the one that actually lays out the plan where he's like you're gonna marry Jasmine and then we're gonna rule and then you're gonna overthrow and it's like why wasn't this said earlier right no I agree with that well I also think it had a lot to do with the fact that I think. Jafar is, what's funny about Jafar is he's a contradiction in that he's this calm, cool, collected, very elegant man, but he's really not thinking that far ahead in a lot of, he's like, I'm going to get the lamp and I'm going to get to rule the, the kingdom. And then like, what are you going to do with the Sultan and the, and the daughters? Like, we'll think about that later. We'll think about that later. And then it's only when Iago brings it up, you know, it's like. But, uh, but um, also like he, he needed to steal the Sultan's ring in order to figure out who, ele- mm-hmm. who the, and I was just like, what is this? Right, exactly. It 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 gets you it it's one of those things, and this is true of a lot of the Renaissance movies, is that if you start thinking too if you start thinking like an adult <laughs> and like using the scientific method, you know, like, well, I need to prove this and it's Y and Z, then it's they they it starts to fall apart at the seams. And right. but that's just kind of it's like a house of cards. It's like that little statuette tower that the Sultan has. <laughs> uh, with the with which it, where there's a little tiny beast from Beauty and the Beast. I, yes, yes, I remember that. I remember reading. Oh, it's that. my it's my favorite thing. Um, it's like if it's a small house of these things, and if it, if you just take one away, it'll all crumble. But mm-hmm. put up. But if it aligns perfectly like it does, then it it's it's gravy, as they say. It's it's <laughs> gravy. I also don't understand why Jafar needs the lamp if he ha- if he has some sort of mystical powers. Right. I, I always and this is again just me, you know, head cannoning it. Uh, but I always took it that Jafar had like more like illusion, you know, like you know, smoke and mirrors kind of magic. You know, like like real world magic, not yeah, fantasy world. Right. And then he so to get what he wanted, he needed like actual magic, which is what the genie is. Um, because most everything he does up until he gets magic powers from the genie is all just, you know, like I'm hypnotizing you or I'm using this ring and putting it through some weird contraption to make the sand do. I'm doing lots of gestures for people. I know this is an audio podcast. Uh, This is all for me. It's great. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) So it's, um, so I think that's more what it becomes is that he need to actually have any actual power. He needs the genie. You know what I mean? So that's how I always took it, but you're absolutely correct. It is not explicitly clear. I mean, I was poking holes left and right at this whole movie where it's like, well, Aladdin, your first wish should have been to let the genie free. I get it. We're selfish and we needed to pad the runtime of this movie. But like, come on, 
and then maybe right. the genie will have your back as a buddy. Um, right. Yeah. No, that's abs- that's absolutely true because this movie also has a very like old school buddy buddy movie feel to it between mm-hmm. the genie and Aladdin, and you need that kind of third act, you know, breakup essentially. You know what I mean? Like where, oh, like, the- yeah, where he's ready, he's ready to like do the third wish. And it's like, your line is, I'm going to free the genie. (laughs) That's my favorite moment in the entire movie. (laughs) Just where it it literally pulls out the script. It's like, no, we're going (laughs) to. No, it says I free you now. Yeah, exactly. Genie, I wish you were free. What I also didn't understand too, Prince Ali, Aladdin, but as Prince Mm -hmm. Ali, is about to like get married to Princess Jasmine and everything. This is be- and like this is like seconds before Jafar like fucks everything up, uh, right. you know, because he he then has control of the lamp and everything. But did it come off as like Aladdin didn't want to grow up and have responsibilities? Oh, that's absolutely. I think a big. I think that's in a weird way. It is a theme in this movie. Less so than in like the original version. Like I keep referencing when they were originally creating the movie, Aladdin was pitched as younger, like I'm saying like 14. So it literally was like more of a coming of age, like growing up kind of thing. Right. And then in, when they rewrote, kind of rewrote it after Howard Ashman passed away, they, um, they made him more of a 17-year-old Tom Cruise-esque hunk. Yeah, because he's like, like 17, 18, and she's what, like 16, 17 as well? I think she's 16, yeah. Uh, not that she would know that from how she's drawn, but, you know, there you go. Well, that's that's the thing with a lot of the Disney women. I don't want to say princesses, because not because even with the recent movie Encanto, you never know their age, because they're voiced right. by grown adult women, but they're supposed to be between like 13 to 17. And you're like, okay, how old are you really? How old are we? It's like when I realized that Snow White in the original Snow White is supposed to be like 14 years old. I'm like, I'm like, what? Huh? Isn't it great? Yes. Uh, Jonathan, is there anything else you want to talk about before we get into sharp and flat? No, let's go. I'm ready. We had we had a great we had a great convo. Let's get into this. Let's get into this. Sharp flat. In this section, we're gonna highlight some moments, whether or not we talked about it. If we liked it, it's sharp. And if we didn't like it or thought it can change, it's flat. Do you wanna go first with your sharps? Sure. Uh, a sharp for me is the is just the entire friend like me sequence from the minute the genie first appears through the song and the applause sign i think that's like a perfect like five minutes of movie i mean it's like like no notes no none whatsoever and then it was proceeded to be used in every dance competition and talent show from then on i i mean i I have sung it I mean, I've auditioned for to play the genie for Disney Cruise Lines before, and that you have to learn that song. So it's what? Okay, okay. I didn't know this about you. <laughs> it doesn't seem like it's a hard song, but is it? 
Robin Williams talk sings most of it, but note wise, it is actually quite rangy. If you actually sing the notes that are on the page, it goes up to like a, a G or an A flat on top, you know, it gets, it gets, and then it's pretty low as well. But you, it, it, the, if you ever do listen to the Broadway cast album, the guy who plays it originally, who won a Tony for the role, mm-hmm. um, sings more of it. And, it and it gives you more of an idea of the range of the song. But yeah, it's, it's a, it's, it is a, it is a, it is a song. And also because it also has the reputation it has of being a showstopper because of Robin Williams, just indelible performance. You have a lot of like ghosts when you sing it. Which is why Will Smith was probably also afraid of it because he's like, everyone knew Robin Williams's version and so popular. And maybe even, I forget his name. I'm blanking on his name. The guy that originated the role on Broadway probably had the same. James Monroe Eichelhart. Thank you. James, James Monroe probably had the same thought process of like, oh, I'm about to step into a role that is known for this song by somebody who was a beloved comedian and who was still alive at that point yeah so he died he died during the run of the show like like about a year into the run of the show so he was still alive so to the kudos to everyone who's performed it since then like yeah it doesn't seem like a patter song per se but it has the vibe of a patter song if you Oh, absolutely. There's a lot of words and they're very specific and they're very, uh, and there's certain words, you know, like at least like whenever, I, when I've ever, I've had to, whenever I have to like dust it off in my brain to go sing it or for something, um, which isn't often I strike it and it's not like, you know, what, I'm going to go to a cabaret and sing this tonight. Um, do, Why not? Uh, no, Just do it. no, it doesn't work without a bunch of chorus girls anyway. Um, but is that there are certain lyrics that I'm always like, oh, that's what he's saying there. Because there's certain times you're just like, he's just saying, he's just making noise. And you're just like, oh, that's not... Like near that end there, it's like, it's just what it sounds like. And it, there actually are words there, surprisingly. The other one that's also a little difficult is Prince Ali. That has all the words. Oh, that does have all the words. It really does. Both of those are, are Ashman lyrics, which is, he was, he was notorious for very, for very specific wordy, not wordy necessarily, but very specific lyrics. And those both show them off to great effect. <laughs> right. Cause you know, it, it, it took me, I, I still don't know all the words that he says in that song and it's been 30 years. Again, I'm underlining. It's a running theme, you know, how old I am in this episode. Uh, <laughs> How old I am, frankly. Uh, do you have any more sharps that you want to list? Well, so you brought you brought up Prince Ali, and I also think that is a just a plus sequence. Just it is just from not only the song itself, but the performance, all the different voices Robin Williams does in that in that song, to even the storytelling, where you see that Jasmine isn't buying it necessarily. That Jafar right. Jafar is pissed off. The, the sultan has fallen under the spell. You know, it's, it's, it's a very good storytelling and for, and it gets you, it like a good musical does. It, it leaves you in a different place than when it started, which I think is very important. And um, this is, I, I've talked about it before. That's like the fantasy of musicals where, you know, it's so over the top. Granted, it's also animated, but it's so over the top and so colorful. Like, the fact that, 
there's lines about peacocks and how expensive they are and fabulous harry i love the feathers yes and um the the magic of um the genie like changing characters here and there like mm-hmm. it's so over the top that i don't think it would have worked anywhere else had it Absolutely. not been for this movie well, it's the reason they wanted Robin Williams for it, because they thought that his stand-up style was essentially a cartoon character. And, and like, a, he was a live-action cartoon, and that's kind of what they, what they went with with him. And I think, which is why I think the genie sequences, both of his songs, and just the, the moments that he has with Aladdin are some of the strongest material in the movie. Even when it's not him improvising, just the scenes are really good, too. Like the uh, the ending too, where um, he's ready to perform a different spell than the one that uh, Aladdin wishes for. It's so beautiful and honest and very like, ah, uh, he's so good. I miss him. Uh, I know. <laughs> any any other sharps while we're here? Uh, I think Jafar just overall is a great sharp for me. I think he's a really good villain. I think Jonathan Freeman performance is still one of the great villain performances that we've gotten from Disney in the last 30 years. Um, you know, he's plus. up there with, yeah, plus years. Absolutely. And he is, I just think it's a, it, I wish he had, I, I had a song, a full song. He just has a little reprise of a song. Oh yeah. He would have, he would have rocked a song. Yeah. He's a great voice, Jonathan Freeman. So I, I would have liked him to have more to sing, but uh, I think he's definitely one of the highlights for me for absolutely sure. And then another, just another sharp for me is probably is, is just the portrayal of, of Jasmine. I think, I think she is, she's very well portrayed as term in terms of like, not, not being a damsel in distress. I mean, she is at times, but she never feels like it. You know what I mean? She's always trying right. to do something to like help to, you know, to, to, to get out of the situation herself. And I think, you know, it's for a movie made in 1992. That's pretty, that's pretty Disney a, movie, a Disney movie. Exactly. Uh, okay. So my sharps wa- are the um, still, I think he's rather tasty soloist. Um, <laughs> I love her. Oh, she is an icon and she should be treasured for all eternity. We need to build a statue for her. I love Iago. Just, oh, be- yes. just because he's like, I mean, Jafar is camp, but Iago is camp. And I think that might have been because of Gilbert Gottfried. It is yeah. Gilbert Gottfried's greatest performance in a movie. Like it is it, by like leaps and bounds. It, I mean, he's just being himself, but it fits really well in the movie. Mm-hmm. And he has... He has a good little arc going too, because when we first meet him, we're just like, "Oh, it's a bird." But then, obviously, you're like, "Oh no, this bird is like evil right. and malicious." I also loved Jafar saying Prince Abubu. That is, I always forget that that's like a recurring thing. Like whenever I read the movies, like, "Oh, that's his like nickname." I like that, Prince Abubu Abagwa. Yeah, whatever. Uh, and then I'm gonna just strip all the music. Like I. It's great music. Uh, the songs are amazing. Mm-hmm. Even like the lesser, like popular ones are amazing. Yes, yeah, so, I agree. Alan Menken, you know, he, he does good work. 
that man, that man has the Midas touch. So every once in a while in this section, I have what I like to call a natural. It's neither a sharp nor a flat, but it's still something I want to talk about. And in this case, it's a boo. I, there are some scenes that like a boo, I was just like, you're a little shit and everything. But mm-hmm. like when he has some dramatic scenes, especially like at the climax, it's, he's great. But like uh, Abu also causes a lot of the trouble for Aladdin, so I'm just like I'm a little I'm a little conflicted. Um, I'm leaning more towards like a I like him rather than like a strictly neutral with him. Yeah, uh, but like I don't know I don't know how I, I I don't know how I feel about him. Yeah, I I can definitely see that, and you know he's not the character in the movie that I go have ever gone away thinking about all that much. I enjoy him when he's there and I appreciate what he's there to do. I mean, both from a storytelling perspective and then also just from a business perspective, they need to sell toys. Uh, right. Uh, but like the chemistry that he has with the carpet is. We hadn't even talked about the carpet. <laughs> carpet. I the did. Carpet. I didn't, it's not a flat, but I didn't like that they gendered the carpet. Oh, wait, it is my flat. It's my first flat I wrote down, genderizing the carpet. Oh, that's true. They keep using he, him pronouns for him. And it's like, it's a carpet. (laughs) I mean, that might be the same thing as calling your car she, her. Like like a lot of of guys do. But I mean, it's a carpet. It's a flying carpet. No, that's... That is true. I hadn't, I guess, yeah, because the, the first thing the genie says to him is like, yo, rug man, I haven't seen you in a few millennia. Give me some well, tassel. Okay, so saying something like rug man, I let it slide. I let that slide. Yeah. But like when Aladdin is like, what's up with him? Or, you know, he's, oh, yeah. he's trying to say something. Like that, I'm like, okay, I get it. You know, sure. it's like you, you had to put a pronoun, but like we could we could change it. I mean, they, t- they, yeah. they changed, they, Disney changed some lyrics. They could change. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. It's, I mean, maybe it's just not some, I mean, there, we're still, we're having, still having that fight about pronoun things right now in 2022. So. Right. And the other, the other thing that I wrote down as a flat is still part of the alphabet mafia, which is the homophobia in this movie. There's a lot yeah. of like no homo moments. And I was just like, guys, come on. Not that I want to buy curtains or anything. Yeah. Yes. Or um, I feel like the genie in Aladdin had like a no homo moment. Mm-hmm. Um, we get it. Jafar's queer coded, but like, I think he still had a no homo moment. And I was just like, there's so, there's so many to stop. Yeah. I, 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 I can get that. And I have definitely watched several YouTube video essays talking about this whole, that whole, not specifically Aladdin, but the Disney like homophobia esque issues in general, like queer coding and things like that. And you're absolutely right. Um, they don't bother me particularly just because I kind of can get it. Yeah. Oh, trust me. I had to like, I try to dig for things like, these are things though that I feel like we could change and we are changing with the sure. conversation as we go on. But 
But absolutely. it's not like, oh, those movies sucks because of this. No, absolutely. And, and it is one of those things. I mean, like, even for me, like, you know, noticing, you know, it's, it's, some, it's one of the, the things I enjoy about going back to watch these things is that you, you notice things like, oh, that probably would be different if it was done today. Yes. I mean, there wasn't real. Mm, I guess I didn't like the sexualization of Jasmine, but that only came about upon our conversation because, like, I honestly didn't think about it while watching it. And yeah, see, and I've always, I, I do tend to notice the sexualization of women a lot more. Like, it's just something that pops out to me a lot. Especially a character like her, because I feel like historically she would never work like that. Oh, absolutely. Well, it also just begins the trend of the, this is another thing that I unfortunately now cannot not notice is that the white Disney princesses are very like pure and chaste and like virginal, but then there are, then all the ethnic coded princesses, whether it be Jasmine or Pocahontas are drawn in a very sexually, not explicit, but very sexualized, you know, style. Like Jasmine Lo- shows her midriff, Pocahontas. Lots of, hip, a- lots of hips and, you know, and everything. But that was, th- but that's only through the Renaissance because now right. we're in whatever the phase is called. The, the Disney post- takes over the world. Yeah. And I mean, now they're doing different style of animation. And right. so they make them look different, like more human averageness rather than right and then every once in a while you get like a sexy walk like elsa and let it go all of a sudden she's like here i am world that that is a sexy walk but i do that walk all the time Uh, i I do too do you have any flats that you want to or did we just cover it with i think that's probably the only one is that it is a little for me is that it's just a little weird how sexual sexualized jasmine is because as because she's such a great personality in terms of her character and but then there's like this also thing where she's you know just a little it's a little it's a little weird for me personally and um if there anything else um not really i love this movie so much it makes me so happy it's a banger of a movie and i'm not gonna lie oh sorry go ahead it's like it's also like all of them it's it's 90 minutes but it it packs so much into that 90 minutes that you're just like yeah you you're sitting it doesn't feel like a lot is happening in such a little amount of time it's a well-paced movie trust yeah. me i've seen wild shit um to do this podcast uh, <laughs> would you add any of these songs to your life's playlist I do have several of them. I have a playlist on my phone called a happiness is a choice to remind myself to be happy. That and, is so nice. And there are definitely friend like me is on there. And uh, Prince Ali is on there. And Prince Ali reprise because I love Jafar. <laughs> and it just makes, and he's so happy in that song. He's having a great time. He goes <laughs> mad and it's great. I'm going to, He's choosing happy in that song. Uh, I'm going to take the easy route and just say the whole album. Like, it's, it's really six songs, uh, mm-hmm. not counting the reprises. So, like, they're and they're all great. Like, part of your world, not part of your world. That is the wrong movie, John. 
a, a whole new world, which, you know, I like Nick Patera, like to sing both parts. <laughs> it is a, it is a, it is a, a really good song to sing both parts. And it's, it is one of their better, their the better love ballads that have come out of the Disney movies. It's really beautiful. Yes. I can't think of anything else that is on par with it. I can't off the top of my head either. No. And on that note, Jonathan, we've come to the end of the episode. Oh, it's just flown by. I know time flies when you're having fun discussing childhood movies. (laughs) 30-year-old movies. 30-year-old movies. (laughs) Uh, Is there anything, though, you want to plug or promote? Um, just my social media. Uh, I, you can find me on all platforms at, at JS Chisholm 22. Uh, Chisholm is spelled C-H-I-S-O-L-M. Uh, I sing, I dance, I try to entertain people during this pandemic time. And you can also see whatever I'm up to when I get some more work. Are you God on willing. the, are you on the TikToks? I, you know what? I just started the TikTok, um, for the new year. And I, there, I have one TikTok with so, video so far. So maybe by then you'll, by the time that this episode comes out, which is not that far away, you'll have more. That possibly. People is it Very the possible. same? Is it the same yeah, handle? I'm, a, I'm the same at on all social media platforms. Nice. So am I. <laughs> you can, <laughs> uh, if you want to talk about Aladdin or, you know, any other Disney movie and tell us your video essay on things, I'd like to hear it. You can email me at bodasongpod at gmail.com. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at bodasongpod. Why is Aladdin your favorite movie? (laughs) (laughs) And nothing else. Uh, And (laughs) no, the the Disney Renaissance has a lot of bangers. And I've covered, I think, two of them so far. So we've got got more more to choose from. Uh, and if you want to be part of the next episode's conversation, it's funny that you mentioned this earlier because it's going to be Les Mis. Les Miserables. Mis- <laughs> Have fun with that. Mm. It kind of, I actually do kind of like that movie. I'm not going to lie. No, no, it's actually it's it, it's a good it's it is the it's it's a good movie. Uh, there's there there you'll talk about it. You'll talk about it. <laughs> there are there are flaws but it's my dad my dad watches it all the time oh i'm so sorry (laughs) (laughs) then again i used to watch grease all the time and look at me now i host a podcast talking about musicals so we're ready we all make mistakes jonathan thank you so much uh for sure he's coming back because we have another one planned for the super future so be on the lookout for jonathan chisholm i hope i said your last name right because i'm not repeating it <laughs> thank you you did john yes uh thank you for stopping by and thank you everyone have a wonderful day and bye for now special thanks to justin johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to nick bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast and thank you to Castbox for hosting this podcast bye again everyone and have a musical day